You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Folks, welcome back to Fuse Chamber. Do you ever wonder, how do great artists get great? Where do talent, creativity, drive, and luck come from? I'm going to answer that, but first let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. I'm here to show you who you have to become in order to win, and I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you can stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that forever change your life and career. If you've listened to all the podcasts so far, you know that I believe strongly that your reason for doing something is a direct predictor of your success. We discussed that having a compelling answer to the question, why, ensures that you have something bigger than money or fame, bigger than yourself, to motivate and inspire you. But of course, reason's not the whole picture. Having a wonderful sense of purpose doesn't actually help you get any real work done. Even if you do have a sense of purpose that lights you on fire and you get up each and every day and do tons of things, how can you be sure that you're doing the right things, doing the things that are necessary to become great? We all know what habits are. We all have some bad ones and Maybe, if we're lucky, we have some good ones too. There's three really important things that I want you to note about habits. Number one, things don't become habits without some trigger or motivation. As humans, we expend no effort unless there's a good reason to do so. We just finished saying that your reason for doing things matters a lot. So whether you have good habits, or bad habits, there's a compelling reason why you do them. So being chronically late for work, or doing the laundry every Sunday, neither one happens by accident. They're the result of conscious or unconscious choices that you make, based on what you value and what outcomes you truly want. You might think that no one in their right mind overeats or smokes or shows up late for work on purpose, but that's exactly what happens. Each of those behaviors delivers some kind of reward. It could be avoidance, it could be convenience, or it might just be staying consistent with your perception of self. But no matter what, there's always a reason. And likewise with good habits. Flossing, feeding the fish, and doing the dishes after dinner will never become habit if you don't value the thing you get on the other side of all that hard work. 
So whether you're trying to eliminate a bad habit or build a new good one, nothing will happen unless you understand and manipulate your reasons for choosing certain behaviors. Number two, repetition causes unconscious competence. One thing is for sure, once you've repeated a behavior enough times, you'll be able to do it at will and in such a way that you no longer need to be as mindful in order to do it well. You can do it subconsciously. And then the effort required to do it goes down, as does the pain involved in performing the habit. It just gets easier. It gets automatic. And number three, habits have the ability. In fact, I'll say habits alone have the ability to change who we become. Because we no longer have to think about those behaviors, we lose the reflex to resist the behavior. So whether it's good or bad, things we can do on autopilot bypass the conscious mind. In the case of a bad habit, that might create a compulsion that sends us spiraling towards disaster. But then it must also be true that a proper and good habit will send us spiraling upward to greater fulfillment and achievement. A habit changes how you show up in the world. If you make a habit of biting your nails or not keeping your promises, I think people are subconsciously aware that those habits are a mirror of your motivations and your values. So even if they're not actively thinking about it, they'll still notice the behavior and somehow pass judgment in some small way. But conversely, if you routinely open doors for others or give gratitude to those around you, they'll pass judgment on the kind of character, motivations, and values that drive those habits too. And hey, not to mention the fact that certain habits carry certain benefits. A healthy body, a positive attitude, or a happy work environment. So maybe the most important thing we can do about habits is to commit to having habits in the first place. In order to be successful at anything, I've mentioned that the secret is doing the hard, grueling work that 98% of the population doesn't want to do. In order to do that work, we need to optimize. And one of the things we can do to optimize is to automate or make habitual as many of the hard, ugly tasks that we can so we can spend our motivation and energy on other, more important things. Now, in addition to having habits, the second most important thing we can do is choose the right habits to work on. So what are good habits? Well, I'll spend a little more time in detail on a few of these in future podcasts, but let's have a list to get you inspired in thinking. There's three categories of habits. The first is things that you have to do just to stay afloat. We all know there are certain things in life that you've just got to do in order to live your life as an artist or run your own business, and there'll be things that you hate to do. Just like sweeping the floors to have a clean home, these things are no fun 
They're not directly related to your art, and you're probably not terribly good at them. For me, keeping on top of bookkeeping and social media, I just don't enjoy them. And finding a reason to do them is really hard for me. But I know, if I don't do them, things will either stagnate or worse, they'll end up costing me later on. So I prefer to avoid the extra time, extra money, and extra stress. So I have to keep on top of them. The second category are things that fuel the machine. These are the things that directly impact your output. Doing these well will supercharge your productivity, but they also satisfy you as an artist. For example, the creativity habit. Constantly generating new ideas, good or bad, trash can or not, and making a practice of reviewing and mining them for serious potential. Look, if you expect the muse to strike every so often and land a masterpiece in your lap, you're dead. Some ideas may arrive near perfect, songs that are written in half an hour, for example, but others take hours or even years to tweak and perfect until it feels right to let it go and unleash it into the world. Now, how it happens for you is a very personal thing, and everyone is different. But what they do have in common is that nothing happens by sitting still with your hands outstretched. If you're not constantly cranking out new ideas, inspiration will never find you. Another example is asking great questions. Make a habit of asking questions like, what does my audience respond well to? What problems did I notice that I could create a solution for? What are the valuable things that I do that my competitors can't do or don't do? All of these are questions that innovators ask natively because they're curious and because they're thirsty to grow and make an impact. Another thing you can do to fuel the machine is check in with your reason daily. So remind yourself why you do what you do every day because it helps keep you on the path when things get boring or challenging. And here's one. Take a moment to be grateful. You might have heard this one before, but taking five minutes every day, especially during difficult times, to feel gratitude for what you already have can totally change your game. When you learn that happiness is not something you chase, but something you already have. That's a level of wisdom that most people don't get to until they're at the end of their lives. So if you learn it right now, it gives you a huge advantage over the other 90% of the population that are chasing happiness, as though it's something you're going to get in the future and something that the outside world gives you. The last category of habits are things that make you excellent. So these are the habits that, frankly, most other people neglect, except the people in the top 5% of their game. These simple and probably obvious practices ensure that you're always learning and growing 
and taking every opportunity to get feedback, learn what works, become a little faster, a little better, and have greater impact. Now, this tends to be the grueling, ugly, and painful work. But if you truly love what you do, then they don't really seem like work at all. They include things like continuous learning, studying and learning both the latest concepts and the lessons of those who came and won before you. Practice, cementing the fundamentals and pushing the limits of your abilities with thoughtful practice, focused on a goal. Performance tuning, making small tweaks to your inputs to enhance your output. Sometimes, this means completely tearing down how you do certain things and starting over so you can do it better and do it right. Planning your day. Setting your day up with an intention. Not to reach a specific goal, but to make some small, measurable progress towards that goal. This also involves ensuring that you carve into stone sometime in each day for the things you always say you wish you could find time for. And finally, reflection and review. At the end of each day, ask yourself what went well and what you learned. So, which among these habits could help you get closer to your goals? After you've chosen some desirable behaviors to habitualize, you need to, number one, I recommend tracking your habits. You can use an electronic habit tracker for your computer, for your smartphone, but I find none of them work very well for me, so it's actually okay to use a page in your journal, and you can track three, four, five habits. What I do is have the habits on rows and on columns have the days of the week. I put a check mark beside each day of the week for each one of the habits. At the end of the week, I count up how many times in the past seven days I made good on my promise to put the work in on those habits. And at the end of the week, I can see how I did. Now that leads logically into checking your progress. Are there any habits that are stale or bad for you that you could lose? Are there some habits for which you're not putting in the work? Now, refusing to do things that don't add value or worse, even actively harm you, will not only improve your life and health, but it also frees up time to do more productive things that do matter to you. So working on the habits that you actually want. And finally, commit to new habits every so often. It does take a while for habits to become habitual. Usually somewhere between six and eight weeks, sometimes more. So it's okay every one to two months, once a habit has been firmly cemented, to remove it from your journal and your daily practice and write out the new habits that you want to integrate onto that same calendar. Now, besides deciding to have habits and then choosing to have good habits, 
than tracking your progress, I think the most important thing you can do is to watch carefully for the changes. Are these habits making you better? Do people comment that you've somehow changed or are different? Do certain things come easier than they used to? Do you feel happier? Do you feel more successful? Do you sense more confidence in yourself? Do you feel locked in to your sense of purpose? Do you feel unstoppable? Now, successes will be very small and infrequent at first, but if you're paying attention, if you take care to notice them, you will definitely see them. And when you do, they'll give you the inspiration to stay the course when things are tough. They'll reinforce your desire to harden these habits and take on new ones. Because there's no better motivator for creating lifetime habits than achieving your lifelong goals. Enjoy it. Folks, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come on back for some more insight and coaching next week.